It's wonderful to have you here. I bet you weren't expecting us to uphold the two episodes a week promise right before Christmas. But hey, boom, there we are. Here we are with it. Today we are jumping into r slash entitled parents. And man, we got some good ones for you. So let's go. Let's get going and let's do it. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Ruben! Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour. Taylor's version. With four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. Posted by you slash north of something new. Parents would rather have the dog at Christmas than me, their daughter. To preface, I think my sister is the most entitled person in this story, but my parents are aiding and abetting her. Also a little context. Through therapy, I have discovered that my mum is likely a narcissist and my family is far more toxic than I once thought. My sister is upheld as the golden child, while I tend to be the butt of every joke. Needless to say, I have trouble establishing boundaries and standing up for myself with my family. Now, on with the show. Buckle up, it's a long one. I, 26 female, have been dealing with a certain issue revolving my sister's dog Clifford for about two years. Clifford is a pit bull. My sister, 23 female, adopted five years ago. And while I don't believe pit bulls are an evil breed that should be destroyed, I strongly believe that pit bull owners need to take their ownership very seriously given the size and strength of the breed. And I believe this for any large dog breed, especially those from fighting or guarding stock. My sister is not one of those people. While he started out as the sweetest pup, Over the past two years or so, Clifford has started biting people. One of those people has been my partner, 28 male of four years. It's so strange, because my partner and Clifford used to snuggle together on the couch when we would pet-sit him. But last Thanksgiving, Clifford bit my boyfriend. This was extra upsetting because my partner had been seriously bitten by our dog Heather a week prior. She had her first seizure and bit the first thing she saw when she came to. This was a one-time incident, and she's better now. Heather is a tiny chihuahua thing, but she still managed to break skin and cause bruising. Clifford is a much bigger dog. So while he didn't break skin, my partner was understandably worried about what Clifford could do should his behavior escalate. Worse... Clifford was allowed to continue to roam the house, untethered, and allowed in my partner's space after the bite happened. My family made it clear to me that my partner was overreacting to the whole situation. Clifford was sent to boot camp. My sister admitted that it did not fix the problem. Christmas was coming up, and Clifford was going to be in attendance. My partner, understandably, didn't want to be there. I told my mum that we wanted Clifford put away at Christmas. I was told no. Why? It would hurt his feelings. Mind you, my own dogs weren't allowed at Christmas and had to be left at home. 
but I guess the feelings of my own dogs don't matter. I asked if he could at least be put away for the 30 minutes we'd spend opening gifts. Though we're all grown, we still sit on the floor in front of the tree to open gifts. No, that still was unacceptable. It would be unfair to Clifford. I was told that either my mum or my sister would hold Clifford. I said that was fine, but my sister couldn't hold Clifford if she was also sitting on the floor of us as he'd be too close to us. Ah, oh, My mum spiralled into a tirade about how it's her house and her rules. How dare I tell her what to do in her house, etc, etc. I said, that's fine. It is her house, but then we wouldn't be coming to Christmas. She then started to whine about how this was all out of her control. She was just being the middleman, trying to make me and my sister happy, and neither of us would compromise. I, the clever girl that I am, complained to my grandma, mum's mum. A deal was struck where grandma would hold Clifford during the opening of presents. We attended Christmas, and Clifford bit my partner. Again, he didn't break skin, but it was surreal watching it happen. Right before the bite, Clifford's eyes went black like shark eyes as if his soul had left his body. Now, I'm not a dog behaviorist, but I'm fairly certain that that is a sign of a fairly significant problem. Fast forward to this Thanksgiving. Clifford was in attendance. My partner chose not to attend. I got to listen to my family complain about how my partner was overreacting and they weren't going to buy him gifts next year if he didn't come to Christmas and him being anxious around Clifford was just going to make Clifford bite him again so he needed to get over himself. I should have stood up for him, but like I said, I'm still working on establishing boundaries. My sister had discovered that having guests bribe Clifford with cheese made him not bite them. So they would just have my partner feed him cheese and keep cheese in his pocket. My brother's friend was visiting and she did the cheese thing and see, he wasn't biting my brother's friend. Except he snapped at her, shark-eyed again, after he got overstimulated. So I'm not convinced that the cheese has actually solved what is clearly a much, much deeper issue. There was one glimmer of hope. However, that made me believe the tide might be turning. This year, my dogs are allowed at Christmas. But Heather, being a three-legged chihuahua thing, made it unwise to have her around Clifford, who had also become aggressive around new dogs in recent years. The plan was to keep her in the loft above the living room, separated from the rest of the house and the dogs with a baby gate. My sister said that wouldn't work because Clifford would just jump the baby gate. Shockingly, my mum told her that they would just keep Clifford in the basement, completely finished and where my sister would be staying, to which my sister grumbled about how she lived four hours away and I only live an hour away so I shouldn't even bring my dogs and just pay for a pet sitter. She said that she was warning us about her dog and if something bad happened, then it wasn't her fault. My mum doubled down and said Clifford would be put in the basement if he caused a problem. A quick side note for those concerned. After hearing this exchange, I decided my dogs would not be going to Christmas. They are both little and I'm not going to gamble with their lives to prove a point. Fast forward again to today. I decided to finally set boundaries. 
My mum had demonstrated she was willing to put away Clifford, so maybe there was hope. I told her we needed to talk about Christmas. I explained to her that my partner was still not comfortable about Clifford and that we wanted Clifford put away. Before I could even finish my sentence, my normally level-headed dad butted in and said they would not be locking him away. I sighed and told them, "Okay, then we'll just celebrate Christmas with you on a day when Clifford isn't here. My dad told me it was not right to lock up Clifford all day. I had literally just told them that my partner and I would only be visiting for about four hours before going to my biological dad's house for Christmas dinner. My mum immediately started to tell me that my partner needs to get over himself and that she would never lock up my dogs. Neither of my dogs have ever bitten anyone, except for the instant with Heather. Also, I absolutely would put my dogs away if they bit guests. But I cut her off and told her that none of us had any right to tell my partner how to handle his trauma or to get over his trauma. He was bitten by this dog twice. He had every right to not want to be in the same room with the dog. I then calmly reiterated that we would celebrate Christmas after Clifford had gone home. My mum has already tried to guilt trip me over the whole ordeal and I'm sure there is much more to come. My grandma ever supportive, has already set up a day to see me and my partner to celebrate Christmas. I feel like I'm going crazy. Is it really unreasonable to put away a dog in a nice, comfy, finished basement for a few hours because he bites people? Why is this dog's comfort so much more important than the comfort of me and my partner? I'm proud of myself for setting this boundary, but damn, I'm gonna have a lot to talk about in therapy tomorrow. Thanks for listening to my tale. Edit. A lot of people are asking me why I continue to see my family. This is a very valid question and something I'm still asking myself. I grew up in this environment, so it took a long, long time for me to realize it isn't normal. Additionally, my family can be the opposite of this and provide amazing support. I also suffer from the, well, others have it much worse problem. This all makes things complicated. I'm currently in therapy, sorting through it all. Right, well, yeah, that's certainly a bloody mess, that one, isn't it? I think if uh, I had my way, I'll be in the basement with the dogs. All right, let's get on to our next one. What have we got? Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu slash visit. Posted by Anonymous. Grandma attempts to ruin our Christmas because I refuse to fulfill never agreed upon requests that were literally impossible to fulfill. The story is about my paternal grandmother. Let's call her Ms. Fiora. It takes place over the course of about one year in the blessed pre-COVID times. Before we get into it, however, let's give you some background on Ms. Fiora and my relationship with her. Ms. Fiora owns two houses next to the school I attended before leaving my hometown to study at university. My dad used to pay me to do some chores around her house, which she wasn't able to do herself due to some disability stemming from long-term alcoholism. 
I've heard stories about her borderline abusive behavior from different family members and know she was divorced five times. While working for her, I quickly realized how difficult she could be, but I always thought my family members were exaggerating. That was until this story happened. So let's get into it. Back in the summer of 2018, I was visiting my parents in my hometown. I had been living elsewhere for about three years at this point. I decided to visit Miss Fiora, as I had a pretty good relationship with her back then. I was one of the few family members that was actually in contact with her for other than financial reasons, and she seemed excited about my visit, as we hadn't seen each other in person for about a year. When I called to set up a time and date, she asked me whether it was possible for me to borrow my mum's car. I don't own one myself. To help her pick up some furniture she wanted to add to a room for a live-in housekeeper. I cleared everything with my mum as I thought it wouldn't be much trouble. The day came and she picked up so much furniture it barely fit into the car but everything seemed fine. I carried the furniture into the designated room through three very narrow staircases. It was a very old house in Germany. Afterwards we had some coffee and cake together before I left. I then dropped off my mum's car and headed out to party with some friends from school whom I hadn't seen in a while. The next day was when everything began. At around 9am, I was still slightly hungover from the great party the night before. She called me demanding to know where I was since I apparently agreed to help her assemble the furniture we bought. This was never agreed upon. She also demanded that I would bring the car again as she had forgotten to pick up something the day before. The car, however, wasn't even in town since my mum, the car's owner, needed it that day and had already left. I tried to explain to her that the car wasn't available that day, that we hadn't agreed to me helping her out the next day, and that I was in no constitution to drive and build furniture even if I wanted to. I did offer to reschedule to another day that week. Oh, but she wouldn't have it. She couldn't accept that it was literally impossible for me to fulfill her request and the debate got heated. I don't remember specifics, but she tried to guilt trip me, which is when I snapped and told her that I wasn't her flying monkey here to serve at her pleasure. She hung up after that, and I thought that would be the end of that. Over the course of the week, I tried calling her several times, since I still wanted to help but wasn't able to reach her before I had to go back to my university town. Fast forward to Christmas 2018. I was back at my parents' place for the holidays and the last interaction I had with Ms. Fiora was the phone call I just described. On Christmas Eve, my dad told me that she would be joining us for dinner, as was tradition, and that she wanted me to pick her up. Now, due to my dad's job, it was up in the air whether he'd be able to join us that evening. So he added that Ms. Fiora would only attend if he was also there. In case he wasn't, I was supposed to pick up the presents from her place. As it turned out, Dad had to work that night, so I just went and picked up the bag of presents. This was an ordeal in itself. I drove to Ms. Fiora's place, parked in front of it, rung the doorbell and waited for her to open. This could usually take a while since her house is big and she isn't the fastest anymore due to the aforementioned disabilities. 
After a longer time than usual, I called her landline to inform her I was there. She picked up and told me she was still in the bathroom and would be right there. It took her about 10 minutes to get to the door. Usually it takes like one. During which I was waiting in the snowy streets at minus five, that's 23 degrees Fahrenheit for my American friends. When she came to the door, she handed me a bag of presents for my parents and brothers. She also asked me to wish everyone a happy Christmas and added that she was hoping I would enjoy my present. I thanked her, said my goodbyes, and drove back to my parents' place to enjoy Christmas Eve. Evening had come. We've had dinner with my mum, her mother, a lovely woman, and two younger brothers. We already had unwrapped most of the presents before dinner as we usually do. All in all, very pleasant and typical Christmas Eve for my family. After dinner, we started drinking homemade mulled wine. Then I remembered I still had Miss Fiora's gifts and handed them out. Me and my brothers each received an envelope with a card in it. But suspiciously, mine differed in size and color. I opened it and read its contents. Oh, this, this is where the fun begins. While my brothers each received a complimenting message with 50 euros enclosed in the card, I received a scolding letter saying she was still devastated by my behavior the previous summer and that she was expecting an apology for the disrespectful way I had treated her. Remember, her demands were literally impossible to fulfill. I admit I snapped and said something that could have been taken as disrespect but continued to reach out wanting to help her while I was in town. I didn't really know how to react. I was speechless and threw the card on the table before going to grab another mug of mulled wine. When I got back from the kitchen, the older of my two younger brothers had read the card and loudly exclaimed something akin to, What the actual fuck? At that point, everyone had noticed something was wrong and I read the card out loud. I don't remember the exact wording, sorry. I then told them about what happened during summer. Nobody could really believe how insane Ms. Fiora was, especially since she had been quietly planning her revenge for about half a year. The aforementioned brother, who had some extra money due to a paid internship, asked the youngest of us three whether he needed the 50 euros and offered to pay it himself as he wanted to take all three cards and throw them into Mrs. Fiora's face. My youngest brother refused the monetary offer, but loved the idea, so that's what we did. I don't really know what happened afterwards. All I know is Ms. Fiora was not expecting that reaction, as apparently no one in our family had ever stood up to her the way we did. This concludes the Christmas part of the story. We didn't really dwell upon the topic for the rest of the holidays, and still had an amazing celebration together. Now, fast forward to the summer of 2019. My parents had planned a big family reunion to celebrate a couple of important dates in their lives coinciding. Major birthdays, plus a significant wedding anniversary. That party was the first time I interacted with Ms. Fiora since the Christmas incident. I acted as if nothing had happened since I didn't want to cause a scene on my parents' special day with most of our extended family being there. This was a rare occasion since the family is spread out around the Western world, mostly Western Europe and the US. 
We were together for about a week in my hometown, going to different dinner places every night and had a great and memorable time. I even got along with Ms. Fiora, albeit superficially and only in group settings. We never talked one-to-one. One evening, we were having dinner at a really nice place and she came over to the table me, my brothers and my cousins sat at. They all know what had happened during the previous Christmas and were pretty angry with her. She asked whether I was willing to visit her one-on-one so we could have a talk about what happened. I was happy to do so as I don't like to hold on to grudges but asked her that we talk at eye level like adults with mutual respect as she had a tendency to twist the truth to suit her needs. I didn't say that part for obvious reasons. She agreed and asked me to call her to set up a time and date after the week-long celebration was over. A day later, I receive an email from Ms. Fiora, stating that she no longer had any interest in a conversation, as it was apparent from my demands that I hadn't grown and wasn't ready to apologize. She also wrote that she wasn't able to speak to me on eye level as she had much more life experience than me. (laughs) Again, I didn't really know how to process this. I still don't. But enough time has passed that I've stopped caring about my relationship with her. Up to this day, nothing has really changed about the situation. I've seen her a couple of times at different family gatherings since then and the interactions were fine. Probably because neither of us wants to dig this shit back up during otherwise great family times. But the issue itself was never really resolved. So yeah, that's the story about how I learned that the reported insanity of my grandmother, Mrs. Fiora, was not exaggerated. It might be mild compared to other stories on here and I'm very happy that I have the rest of my loving and supporting family to rely on but it's still something that has changed me in a way I felt like sharing. Hope you enjoyed reading. Right, guys, thank you very much for listening so far. I hope you really enjoyed those two absolute Christmas crackers. (laughs) Ha-ha, seasonal pun. And uh, if you like listening to podcasts, you probably love audiobooks, so please, 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 please check out my audiobook store that's just launched, audiobookkraken.com. And yes, we are actively running this podcast again, two episodes a week, yeah boy! So make sure you check that out and make sure you follow along. Until next time, I'll see you soon. True terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. (laughs) 
Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there. Do you enjoy science, spooky stories, and all things paranormal? We do, too. While we would love for most paranormal stories to be true, we are here to tell you that they probably aren't. But that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about. We are the Spooky Science Sisters podcast. In this podcast, we bring you bi-weekly discussions on possible scientific explanations behind the supernatural. Backed up by research articles and other credible sources, we do deep dives into things like archaeology and physics and share in-depth discussions with topic experts. Visit us at SpookyScienceSisters.com to listen to a couple of skeptics debunk some of your favorite alien encounters, cryptid sightings, and ghost stories with science, sass, and a significant amount of laughter. Thank you and stay spooky.